Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, for those that have taken time out of their schedule to worship and bless your name with us. So, Father, as we look into your word, we ask that you will just reveal your glory even the more. And as we grab hold of it, that we'll live it, that we'll reflect it, and most of all, that you will be high and lifted up, that all men will be drawn unto you. So, God, we thank you and we honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We're going into a new series this month. I think it's only going to last a month, but we'll see. Uh, just to give some background on, on what happened, I happened to be reading a book called How to Be a Perfect Christian. How to Be a Perfect Christian. And the subtitle of it was Your Comprehensive Guide to Flawless Spiritual Living. How to Be a Perfect Christian your comprehensive guide to be a flaw, to, to flawless spiritual living. And as I was reading the book, I, re I come to realize something, that the book was actually written as a satire. A satire is the use of humor, irony, or exaggeration or ridicule to expose and criticize people's stupidity or vices, particularly in the context of contemporary politics and or topical issues. So the book was written so that it is, make, it is having one title, but that is actually an exaggeration. It's what we call today hyperbole, where it's, a little bit more than what it actually is. Like, if I was to rewrite this title, I would have put the little air quotes over perfect. You know, something like that. So, so it's saying how to be a perfect Christian. And as I was reading the book, I, like I said, it, it, I found it quite humorous because some of the things it brought out is some of the things that some churches and some people think Christians and some Christians think they should be and some people think that Christians, ways that Christians act. So I wanted to take August as the month to just kind of talk about how to be a perfect Christian. I do want to remind everyone, in case somebody tries to do some editing of this, of this message and think I'm trying to say some craziness, this is satire which means it is an exaggeration. It is not true. It is something to try to bring a different point home so that we can see actually how we're supposed to act and do. So again, we have, uh, today we're going to talk about, let me find my note now. Today we're going to look at how uh, Christians are to operate. And we're going to be using Galatians, the 6th chapter, the 11th through the 18th verses as our foundation. But I'm going to tell you that the satire of this title is this. A perfect Christian is one who conforms to the man-made standards of the Christian faith in any given age. So a Christian, a perfect Christian, is one who conforms to the man-made standards of the Christian faith in any given age. 
Now let me tell you about the folks that wrote this book, How to Be a Perfect Christian. The book starts off saying that the whole purpose of you reaching this Christian perfection is that you have to find the location whereby the folks will do what you want to do in order to live a Christian life. If you happen to be going to a church where they talk about you being sinful, then that is not the right church for a perfect Christian to go to. If you go to a church that says that how you are conducting yourselves is not right, then that is not the church for a perfect Christian to go to. So looking at that, you see where it says, a perfect Christian is one who conforms to the man-made standards of the Christian faith in any given age. Now I know this is in your mind, you're like, that is not right. That is how we function in this perfect Christian environment. But now, you know me, I just got, I got to talk about the reality of it too. I, I, I like satire, but then I got to bring out the reality. But the reality is, rather than trying to impress people by uh, creating adjectives, I mean, uh, adjectives, additives to the gospel, we must realize our imperfections and cling to Jesus. Rather than trying to impress people, by creating additives to the gospel, we must realize our imperfections and cling to Jesus. So, on the perfect Christian side, it's saying that we have to make sure that we are conforming to the man-made standards of the Christian faith of any given age. But the reality is, we must focus, we must look at that we are not perfect. We are imperfect people. But our perfection comes in our submission to Jesus. We can't be perfect in ourselves. Our perfection will cause us to be worse off than we ever were before. But if we grab hold of what Christ has done in our lives and what he's doing in our lives, then the perfection comes in that we no longer are looking to do things for self, but we're looking for to serve God with our whole heart and our whole being. Let's look at Galatians, the sixth chapter. Galatians, the sixth chapter, English Standard Version says it like this. See with what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hand. It is to those who want to make a good showing in the flesh, who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble. 
For I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for this opportunity to delve into it. We ask that you would just reveal your glory to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to point out a couple things about this. The first thing that uh, when we talk about how to be a perfect Christian. We were talking about conforming to the man-made Christian standards. And as we look at the book of Galatians, we realized that that was the complication. As Paul was in Galatia, there was these guys that were called the Judaizers. And what the Judaizers would do, they would go around to all the folks that were now accepting the way, and they would tell them, well, you're not really a Christian because you're not doing this, 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 and this, this, and this according to the law. And so you have to remember that Christianity was birthed out of, y'all know Jesus was Jewish, right? Okay, Jesus was Jewish, and so Jesus came out of that environment where they had these rules and you have to remember that the reason that God gave these rules was to reveal to the folks that within ourselves we can't live and meet the standard that God has set that was the purpose but you know how we do we have to add a little bit more to it you know uh one of the my favorite things to, to read about is how they said the sabbath is the day of rest but over time, it became the Sabbath was you couldn't even cook. You couldn't even, if your donkey fell in the hole, you weren't even supposed to take the donkey. You're supposed to let the donkey stay in the hole for a day because you're not supposed to do any kind of work. If you walked a certain distance, it was considered work. And you started coming up with all these rules to try to justify what the basic standard was. And so it got piled on over years, piled on over years, piled on over years. So they had to establish this group called the Pharisees who made sure that everybody compi uh, complied to these rules. But remember, to be a perfect Christian, we have to comply, conform to the man-made standards. So as we look at this, we see how the Judaizers have set up all these rules, all these responsibilities, all these things that you had to do in order to say you were a good Christian. Now Paul comes in here and he says, you know, you look at that first thing, he says, see what large letters I use to write with my own hand. Now, there's two courses of action that come from this. Number one is Paul dictated a lot of what he said to somebody who would write it out for him. There's one side of the house that says that the reason that Paul had to do this and didn't write a lot of himself is because he, uh, y'all remember when he was talking about he had this, this condition, this thorn in the flesh? What they thought it was, it had something to do with his eyesight. And that he was actually, his, his eyesight was very dim, and so it was hard for him to write. So he would dictate uh, to a secretary or a stenographer. I guess we wouldn't call it a stenographer. But anyway, a stenographer, somebody to write it out for him. 
Well, anyway, the other thing is, if you say, he says, see what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hands, brings out the fact that he may have said, you know what, this is part is so important to me that I'm going to write this myself. Now, those of us that are, uh, uh, have lived a little while in, in this new technological area, we know that when you first came out with emails, some folks would just hit the caps all and they would write their emails out, but then they start saying, well, that indicates that you're yelling. That means that you're being loud, that you do an email in all caps. Some folks still do it today. They, but, but, you know, you don't know, you just don't know. But anyway, the point is, he's saying, I am writing this in large letters, which means I'm writing this in all capitals because I'm emphasizing to you, not only is this important, I'm writing this myself because it is that important. He wanted them to understand how this can cause trepidation in their lives, can cause problems because trying to conform to the man-made standards will not cause Christ to be made manifest in your life. So how can you be a perfect Christian? By adhering to all these uh, standards, doing all this the way the man says, it starts talking about how we look. It starts pointing out how folks look at you. But what Jesus said, he says that if you want folks to see me, then you have to lower yourself. You have to humble yourself. You have to position yourself so that folks are not looking at you, but they're looking at me in you. And when they look at me in you, then they begin to see me in you. So what we want to do is we don't want to be the perfect Christian based upon the satirical outline, which is conforming to man-made standards. We want to make ourselves, position ourselves so that we are not so wrapped around all the rules that everyone has established and we lock into who Jesus is and how he is operating in our lives. So the first one, I want to make a couple points out of this. is A perfect Christian is more concerned with impressing others than they are about embracing Jesus. Can I say that one? That one felt pretty good to me too. Perfect Christians are more concerned with impressing others than they are about embracing Jesus. If, if you look at those scriptures again, you'll see where Paul says, see, I'm writing these letters to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh. Jesus brought it up like this. He said, you know, y'all real good at cleaning the outside of the dishes. But y'all ain't touched the inside of them dishes in so many years. We want to put on the facade that everything is okay. Everything 
is all right, that we look good. And one of, one of the sayings that we had when I was coming up, you know, you always got to keep up with the Joneses. You always got to look how everybody else looks. You know, everybody has uh, the same looking yard. Everybody has the same looking vehicles. Everybody has all this sameness. But he's saying don't, don't get so wrapped around showing off for others, but embrace what Jesus has for you. So he says it is, to, it is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. You know, we always have that one person that don't want to act right. The group makes a decision, and you start doing the decision. You got that one person. You say, we're going to walk 10 feet, and then we're going to make a right. That person going to walk 7 feet and still make a left. You got somebody that always wants to be different. But what I want to bring out from that, that point is that these folks, Jesus said, listen, if you serve me, you're going to be persecuted. He said, that's what's going to happen. He says, but I want you to pray for those that persecute you, right? That's what he said. I know some of y'all kind of skipped over that in your Bibles, but it, it says it in there. I just want you to know, it says it in your Bible. Pray for those that persecute you, okay? Pray for those that despitefully use you. Pray for those that have all manner of evil against you. Then Paul went a little bit further. Y'all done took me down a different alley. But Paul took it a little bit further and said, do good to those. And it's just like putting hot coals of conviction upon their heads when you do good to those that you know just totally look at you and say, I, you know I don't like you. Why are you being nice to me? Y'all probably ain't had this happen, but that just came to my mind. I just wanted to tell you what came to my mind. But they were doing this because they didn't, they wanted to be called Christians, but they didn't want the responsibility of being a Christian. See, sometimes we want the title. It's, it's, uh, one of the things we talked about in the military it was called when somebody would be steal the valor because everybody at the time was, was celebrating how the military folks were. But folks would go and go to the army surplus store and they would go get a uniform and they'd be walking around looking like they're about eight months pregnant. You know what I'm saying? They just they, you could tell they might not spend a half a day in the military. And they talking about, yeah, I'm active duty. I'm the SEAL Special Forces, you know. Uh, and, 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 you know, well, what did you do in the SEAL Special Forces? I was I was I was the uh, the. Uh, the uh, commanding officer, and I led all the raids, and 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 you looking at them because you know what it is, and you're like, oh, okay. Well, what unit was you in? I was in the second, third, fourth of the fifth, sixth, and you know, and we traveled all over the place because you know our regimental uh, brigade figures told the division that we needed to be wherever you know and they would say all oh, this nonsense and you looking at them like so they want to look the part but they don't want the experience that caused you to get the part a lot of us that have been in the military had to go through this thing called basic training, which started the foundation, where started the foundation by which you started. Some folks didn't make it through basic training. Some folks, 
I remember one soldier told person told me the reason I didn't say so I had to change it because they, they ended up we ended up having to send them home. They said I ain't come here for this. I said, well, you ain't gonna stay here for this either. Then if you ain't come for this, you're not gonna stay here unless you start conforming to the standard. They're like, I can't do it. Okay, well, you're gonna get on because it's not for some folks. Being in Christ requires us to go through. I know, I know, I know they told us that everything's going to be all right. Everything was going to be a bed of roses when you got Jesus in your life. They forgot to tell you about them thorns that was in that bed of roses, though. But anyway, we just have to realize that as you're going through, that God is actually using these circumstances in order to mold and to make us to conform into the image of Christ. So the perfect Christians are more concerned with impressing others than they are about embracing Jesus. The next point is that perfect Christians think their obedience will earn them points with God. The perfect Christian thinks their obedience will earn them points with God. Look what Paul said in that 13th verse. For he says, for not even they who receive circumcision do themselves keep the law. But they desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. I met some folks that will try to get you to do something that they will never want to do themselves. They will try to tell you, you know, if you do this. And their purpose in doing that is so that they can say, I'm the one that had him do it. I'm the one that did that. You know what? That's what y'all, y'all, you know, I like making, I, I love people. And people love to be known. And I have met some folks that say, you know, my, my sixth cousin is playing in the NFL now. I say, oh, okay. I remember when he was. I remember when he was in second grade, and I used to tell him how about how to run. Oh, okay. Because we want that, we want to get that recognition ourselves, but we don't want that to go again through the work in order to get that recognition for ourselves. We rather, hey, why don't you do this, and I'll go ahead and celebrate that I told you to do this. And so that's what Paul's saying. He's saying that these per the perfect Christian thinks that by me doing all this stuff. Means I'm on the good side of God. You know, one of the things that I, I, just came to my mind about them thinking about the perfect Christian thinking that their obedience will earn them points with God. Sometimes we mistake obedience for faith. Sometimes we mistake obedience for faith. Now, I know you're saying in your mind, them two words is running through your mind right now, and you're like, okay, now where is he taking us on this? Because I want you to understand that obedience means to comply to a standard. Okay? Faith is, y'all remember what I told you faith is? Faith is confidence that God is going to do what he said he going to do. So sometimes doing 
the complying because God, because the obedience part may be, okay, I'm not going to open my mouth, but God says to open your mouth. And you say, well, God, they say they don't want nobody to open their mouth. And God says, are you going to trust me? Are you going to have confidence? I need you to be this trumpet. Think about the, the prophets back in the day, especially little Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a young fella. And he had this confidence that if he did what God told him, if he trusted what God said, because they said the king told him, okay, you need to be obedient and not make, make no more bad remarks about what God going to do to us. And what did he say? He said, I'd rather be faithful to God than obedient to man. You see what I'm saying? So we don't get so locked on, okay, I got to do, like, do this like everybody says I got to do it, because we're not locking on to the man-made standards. We are locking on to embracing who Jesus is, what the Word of God tells us, and having confidence that God is going to do what he said that he's going to do in his Word. All right? Can I hit y'all with one more? One more is this. Y'all not going to like this one. Don't throw nothing up here because I'm going to throw it back. All right? All right? Listen to this one. Perfect Christians trust their religious acts more than they trust in Jesus. Perfect Christians trust their religious acts more than they trust in Jesus. I'm going to hit it with you one more time. Perfect Christians trust their religious acts more than they trust in Jesus. And when, that, when I was writing that one out, I kept thinking about when Jesus was talking about how the Pharisee would stand on the corner. And he would pray. And he would say, I'm so glad that I'm not like these sinners. I do all this. I do all this. I do all this. And he would make this show of who he was religious act and then it talked about the sinner who couldn't even couldn't even approach the altar he kept his head down and he would just say god please forgive me a sinner to show the contrast perfect christians trust their religious acts more than they trust in jesus looking at that 14th verse it says but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our lord jesus christ paul saying listen i I can say that I'm educated. I can say that I've been taught by the best. I was destined to be the top Pharisee. I was groomed to be this, but that is irrelevant to the cross of Christ. The only thing that is important is the cross. He says, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So he has now separated himself from the things of the world and locked into the cross of Christ. If you look in Galatians, this is a little side note, Galatians, the second chapter, the 20th verse, you'll see how he says that it's no longer I that live, but it's the Christ that lives in me and the life that I now live. I live in him who gave himself for me and loved me. Galatians 
2.20. That one just ran through my mind. I thought I'd throw it out there to you. He says, for neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision counts for anything. But what counts for something is to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. You see what I'm saying? He's saying we ain't going to get wrapped around all these traditions, all these religious acts. We're going to make the main thing the main thing, which is being a new creature in Christ. And he says, and as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. He then says, and from now on, let no one cause me trouble. For I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Now, he wasn't necessarily bragging, but what he was pointing out is, he said, y'all been going to do all these rituals? He said, I done been beat. I done been shipwrecked. I he said, Listen, I could be talking about all that, but the one thing I want to discuss is that Jesus died. Y'all know my favorite saying, all I know is, I was going down the road to the Damascus, and a bright light came on. I got knocked off my donkey. Next thing I know, I was blind. I'm at some guy's house. Some guy comes in and prays for me, and then I can see again. That's all I know. He says, oh, this is all I know. I, all I know is all this religious training that I received compared to all that I have experienced Now, you would say that I took the wrong road, but he said, for me, it's Christ. However, for me to die is going to be a gain. So as we look at this series that we are going to be going through, how to be a perfect Christian. You can see that some of the things that I was discussing, some of us have experience them. Some of us have met those perfect Christians. And remember, we got to throw the air quotes on them perfect, right? On those perfect Christians. You know, because they established their level of perfection. And that's the funny thing to me. How are you going to be perfect when you already know you're imperfect? How are you going to establish a level of perfection when you... Okay, see, I'm, I'm going to go over another 20 minutes if I start on this. But when we look at this Perfection in the word of God is not without uh, blemish or issue. That is not what perfection is. Perfection is maturity. And so we have to realize that when we are talking about our flesh, talking about dealing with the external, we have to realize that their definition of perfection is something that is actually un. Attainable. Unobtainable. You're always going to have a slip up. That's why you have to make plans, right? Because something's going to happen. If everything was just going to happen the way that you wanted it to happen, then you would just go ahead and walk lackadaisically through it, and then it would happen. So I want to close with this today. A perfect Christian is one who conforms to the man-made standards of the Christian faith in any given age. That is the satire. The reality is, rather than trying to impress people, 
we want to embrace Jesus and comply to the standards of the word of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we honor you for this day. And we thank you, God, for this new series. And, Father, that we want to be found in you, established in you, made in you, God, that we will conform to the image of your dear son and that we will show ourselves to be those good children that you have called for us to be, those good servants, those good friends that you will be glorified in our life and our lifestyle. So, Father, as we journey through this, let us keep our awareness to make sure that we are not trying to conform to the man-made standards, but that we are submitting ourselves to the leading and guiding of your spirit, your word, and your commandments. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.